0: Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Tool. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. Today, we are talking with Sarah Greaves Gabadon, AKA Jet Set Sarah. Sarah is a writer, on-screen host, and self-described caravangelist who's traveled to the beach and beyond to share the culture, lifestyle, and personalities of the Caribbean with the world for more than two decades. She has appeared as a travel expert on PBS, been featured in National Geographic and the Washington Post, as well as a special correspondent for Travel and Leisure. Based in Miami, she's also Jetsetter-in-Chief at jetsetsarah.com, where her passions, travel, style, and fitness meet. Welcome Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. I am thrilled to be here Angela.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yes, me too. You know, we have to start with what is a care evangelist? Ah,
1: well, see, this is a term that I coined and it's um, a portmanteau of Caribbean and evangelist because I feel like I am, you know, the hype person. I am the evangelist for the Caribbean. I'm spreading the gospel of the Caribbean. The gospel of the Caribbean being that all the islands are different. They're not all the same. They're not just sandy beaches and swaying palms. You know, each island has a different culture, a different history, music, cuisine. That's the gospel and I'm spreading it.
0: I love that. You mentioned that it's not just your beat, you know, it's your passion. How did that come about?
1: I think pretty organically, actually, Angela, because my mother is from Barbados. Ah. My father is from Jamaica. They met in England. They met in England. My father Ah. had moved there in the 50s when a lot of people were going from the colonies to the mother country of England, then from Jamaica. And my mother came later. Um, she came from Barbados to study to be a nurse and they met there and I was born there but you know like many Caribbean families you know you had people coming and visiting all the time or we were going to visit the Caribbean all the time Mm -hmm. and I just I I guess I just organically developed a love for the place that was my first my second home and then my first home when I moved to Jamaica later on but um, yeah I just felt very always felt very proud of and territorial about the Caribbean and just always wanted to share it with the
0: world. Yeah. And for six years, you were the editor in chief of Caribbean Travel and Life magazine. I'm sure that was a dream job.
1: Yes. I wasn't editor in chief for all six years. I okay. was acting editor in chief for, for the last, last few months, I think. Okay. But I really, it really was. A fantastic job because I mean any job where you can do what you love and get a paycheck at the end of the yeah. week or the end of the month <laughs> is a good thing, right? Yes. So um yeah we just you know I I loved working there. I got to meet a ton of people. I worked with great people and of course you know having having your workplace and your commute being from Florida to the Caribbean is that's not bad at all.
0: That's pretty amazing. So <laughs> what happened? oh my there.
1: god the uh, the whole watershed of you know the whole sea change in the publishing industry, industry happened
0: yeah. and basically
1: like many of your listeners i'm sure will relate media changed people started to get much more of their information online and not so much from subscribing to a magazine or buying a right. single copy of a travel magazine and unfortunately Caribbean Travel and life was one of those magazines that did not make it um it survived for a while as a digital brand but it stopped after 25 years it stopped being mm. in print So I thought at the time, okay, well, naively, I thought, well, it's 2012. um, I'm just going to freelance for a little bit. I'll freelance Mm -hmm. for a year or so until I get another staff job. And, you know, we'll be off to the races. (laughs) That was your plan, right? (laughs) Yeah, that was my plan. And, you know, God laughs at a plan. So um, I started to freelance. I really enjoyed it. And I think that for me was made significantly easier by the fact that I already had a niche you know mm-hmm. I I drilled down deep on the Caribbean and I knew other editors who were able to help me with work and got to know other people and before you knew it what had turned into a sort of what was supposed to have been a one-year stop gap um, has turned into I think now it's a 10-year career freelance wow. career I didn't dream of at the time I really didn't.
0: Yes, sometimes those things happen and it's always for the best, right? We don't know that Mm -hmm. at the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't always feel that way. But then you look back and you say, oh, okay, I see how the pieces fell into place, you know?
0: Yeah. What are you most proud of with your career thus far? I think two
1: things. Personally, I'm proud that I made it as a self-employed person because I was never one of those people who thought, oh, I want to have my own business. I want to be my own boss. That was never me. I would happily still be at Caribbean Traveling Life if it (laughs) continued. Um, I I don't necessarily think that I have a natural entrepreneurial spirit, but somehow in the last 10 years, I've been able to carve out a career for myself. I've had to learn to do things that I never had to do before, like photography, something as basic as photography. You know, back in the day, I would travel with a photographer all the time and they, wa- they worried about the images and I just had to make notes and think about the words. But right. now to a greater or lesser extent, all journalists are multimedia uh, journalists. Mm-hmm. So I've had to learn those skills and I'm, I'm proud that I've been able to celebrate a decade which thanks for reminding me because I didn't even realize wow it's a decade now (laughs) a decade of self-employment and then the other thing that makes me proud is just being able to share the diversity of the Caribbean with with the world because it's true most people think that every Caribbean island is the same they don't know Antigua different from Anguilla different from Aruba and if I can do anything through my videos and my work online and in print to help people see how rich and diverse the islands are then I'm really proud about that.
0: Speaking of the islands, I won't ask your number one favorite unless you have one. But what about some four. of your
1: favorites? I have four. <laughs> okay. okay. I have four. I have four. I don't have any children and favorite children, but I have some favorite <laughs> islands. Um, I love Jamaica. Mm-hmm. I live there for a very large portion of my life. And Jamaica really is you know, it's a total package. It's got rivers and mountains. It's got hills. It's got beaches. It's got great food and amazing culture, music. You know, it really has a little of everything. And if someone was going to the Caribbean for the first time, I would recommend that they start with Jamaica. It's also the largest English speaking Caribbean island. So there's a lot to explore. You can go to Jamaica once a month and do different stuff every time you go.
0: Yeah, we went um, there on spring break, and I'm sure we need oh, another, another experience <laughs> Do you remember as an adult all? in life. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe go for a different
1: experience right. this time. Um, and then on the other end of the scale, I like really small places. So I like Anguilla. Um, mm. It's only 35 square miles. It has 33 fantastic beaches, many of which are not crowded in the least. None of them actually are crowded. Wow. And it's a very very low-key but high-end island. I like to say it's just a few minutes flight from St. Bart's and I like to say you know Anguilla and St. Bart's are sisters they're equally wealthy but St. Bart's is the flashy fancy hoity-toity one and Anguilla is the boho barefoot casual you know hippie chick one but they're both but but they're both equally moneyed just less pretentious. One's less pretentious than the You're other. I
0: like that, right?
1: And um, three and four, I love I love any places where you can go and easily island hop and sort of have this uh, vacation from your vacation. So I love to go to the Turks and Caicos because yes. if you go to... Providenciales, which is the main island, Provo, you can easily take a ferry and island hop over to North and Middle Caicos for the day, rent a car, you know, have a completely different lifestyle um, because North and Middle Caicos make Provo look like it's a teeming metropolis. They're really, (laughs) really quiet. And then, um, and I I would put the the Grenadines in that column. And one of the Grenadine Islands that I've come to love, my newest favorite is Bekwe. I went there for the first okay. time in 2019. It's tiny, seven square miles, I think. Um, wow. It's known back in the day for having a history of um, whale watching and um, and boat building. But it's, it's very much like, well, for now anyway, sort of like the Caribbean that time forgot.
0: You know, mm. very low-key,
1: one main street, um, just really chill and relaxing not a whole lot to do besides you know being on the water or just lying on the sand but sometimes that's that's all you want right that's exactly what the doctor doctor ordered
0: is that the one that you've said is the best kept secret yes
1: that's the one that's the one and I was really thrilled because just today actually one of my followers on Instagram um sent me a message and sent me a photo of her in Bekwe and she said she'd seen my post and really loved it and she's between jobs and she decided to go and she's there for two weeks so I feel like well my work here is done.
0: Yes that's what it makes you know that 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 what you're doing is fulfilling right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are some of the things you've learned about the islands that many don't know? Well I have a lot of um,
1: interesting dinner conversational points. Um, For example in Jamaica stand for the national anthem ahead of every movie did you know that no you go to to the movies and and the national uh uh, a video recording of the national anthem plays and everybody gets up and stands for the anthem and then you sit down for the movies and then Mm. when the movie starts I was just like Halfway through, no matter if it's like in the middle of someone talking, yeah. the film just cuts and there's intermission and everybody gets up and goes for snacks. Really? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, another quirky thing, for example, in Trinidad or if you're going to Barbados, be very careful what you wear, because in those countries, uh, you it is illegal for civilians to wear anything that has camouflage on it. Mm. no camouflage patterns yes um in the Dominican republic is the only caribbean island i know of where you can go hot air ballooning you can do this hot air yeah you can do this hot air balloon ride over the sugarcane fields in the morning with with a bottle of champagne so that's not bad
0: Wow. yes that sounds nice
1: (laughs) all right and then you know people think of course the, the caribbean is synonymous with beach but we have a lot of off the beach experiences that people don't know about. So you can yeah. you know, hike one of the volcanoes in St. Lucia or yeah. in St. Kitts or on Nevis. Um, you can go down into um, the Boiling Lake, Dominica. Um, you know, we have a lot of things that are not just not just focused on the beach. There's a lot of stuff where you can go um, hiking. Jamaica's most famous coffee is Blue Mountain Coffee, 7000 feet above sea level. And you can go and hike into the Blue Mountains and tour coffee estates when you're in Jamaica, too. So it's not just rum and reggae.
0: Gosh, you're making me want to hop on a plane right now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right now. What, what are some of your best travel tips I know it depends on the island I'm sure but do you have some general ones oh my
1: gosh do you know what I think is my best travel tip and it applies to whether you're going to the Caribbean or anywhere else in the world and that is when you get off the plane and you enter the immigration hall or the customs hall or whatever you call it yeah. turn left go to the leftmost lane because it has been proven, you know, most people are right-handed and when they enter a room, they turn to the right. And so you find that the lines for immigration and for customs are longest on the right-hand side of the room and shortest yeah. on the left. So my big great tip, tip is far <laughs> That's left. That's a
0: great tip.
1: It's also very nice to turn left when you get on the plane and go to first class too, but you can't always <laughs> <Yeah>. do that.
0: <laughs> no, no. What about um, your favorite items to pack?
1: Oh, my gosh. I have... Um, well, obviously, I never go anywhere without my iPhone. I mean, if I left my right. iPhone, which is basically my, my office, right, I would have to come back home. But right. I, I'm definitely team carry-on. And um, my favorite bag is the Away Larger, I think it's called Away Bigger bigger carry-on in the aluminum I like a hard shell case
0: uh-huh.
1: I do like they're, they're not very forgiving of overpacking however I find them particularly the ones that have a clamp like the away one does yeah. I'm not I don't like this I don't like the zipper bags because a zipper is the most vulnerable part of any luggage so I always have to have a bag that has a clamp or a combination so Anyway, my Away bigger travel, bigger carry-on in aluminum is my favorite. And then I never, it's always half packed. It's one of those bags that's like you pack it like a clamshell, you know, on either Uh side. And one side is always fully packed with essentials. And one of those essentials is a bag. It's a very fancy uh, cosmetics case, toiletries and cosmetics case from an Australian company called The Daily Edited. Okay. And it is made of leather and transparent plastic. And it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's, it's it has two sides. It's double decker. It looks to you, you look at it and you think, oh no, this is way too big. This is not TSA compliant, but it yeah. actually is because the half of the bag that is clear is, is, is that same size oh. as a quart baggie. But then the other side that is leather is much more capacious. So I, I never travel without that, that. Yeah. If you look it up, um, yeah, the da- it's called the date the daily edit or the daily edited. I can't remember, but they have a store in New York but it's an Australian company. And of course they're online. Love it. Never travel without it.
0: I love that. So you were recently on the PBS show To Dine For with Kate Sullivan at your favorite restaurant in the world. (laughs) For those who haven't seen it yet, please describe this for us.
1: Yes. Okay. So, um, well, I said the show is called To Dine For, Uh, This award-winning journalist, Kate Sullivan, she goes around. She's interviewed people like Deepak Chopra and John Bon Jovi. And she basically meets people at their favorite restaurant and then talks about their career. So when she approached me, I knew it had to be a Caribbean restaurant. And we talked about Anguilla, which I told is one of my favorites. And this restaurant is called Sandy Island. And it's basically a, a, a tiny, tiny island, a sandy spit, really, that is home to a restaurant so you go to anguilla and you go to the pier at sandy ground and you call the boat you you can see it you can basically like wave from the pier and someone over at sandy island will see you and they'll come over in a little motorboat and the motorboats have names like bliss and happiness (laughs) and that's kind of how you feel when you get there because 10 minutes later you're there and it's like this island is yours it's a tiny little island the size Uh. of i don't know i don't know how to put it into real world terms but really small it's not you know nobody lives there it's Mm. just a restaurant and a hammock and a bathroom and beach and <laughs> it's amazing. the best oh my god it's the best you just lie you know the the lady who owns it her name is Simone Connor and she tells you that you should just relax in the hammock and listen to the sound of the wind and waves band <laughs> which <laughs> is basically the sounds of nature right and really? the thing two things you have to go for when you go there one is the rum punch which is fantastic and dusted with it, little sprinkles of nutmeg on the top. Then, but then you have to go to the, for the Anguillian delicacy, which is um, Anguillian crayfish, which is kind of like lobster, but smaller, sweeter, really juicy. And they do it, um, they prepare it over a grill in the kitchen. The kitchen is run by five car batteries. <laughs> this is how, how great <laughs> oh this place goodness. is. It's very rustic, but it's the best meal you ever have in the best surroundings and always the yeah. best time. I love going there.
0: It looked like it on the, I, definitely the food looked amazing as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the show.
1: Very good.
0: I also hear one of your specialties is shopping. So what are some of the best finds you've come across on your journeys?
1: Mm. Well, see, I pride myself on, you know, wherever I go, I can spot a shop opportunity at any time, whether it's like yes. on the street, in a <laughs> boat, anywhere. So I've got a lot of stuff. My, my favorite things really are art. I like to buy art from local art from the places I go to. I love color and it's great to have something in your home that brings back a good memory and and just looks good in your home, right? So that that art could be like wood carving from Jamaica. There's a great store in Jamaica called the Gallery of West Indian Art in Montego Bay. I have a lot of wood carvings, painted wood carvings from them. Um, I bought red cowboy boots in Mexico in the airport (laughs) in Cancun which, you know, they're very famous for their leather work in Mexico and they have great boots. Yeah. So I have a pair of red leather cowboy car, um, boots that I love. Um, I was in the Grenadines and I bought a piece of a half of a coconut shell that was beautifully painted in acrylic, um, a sort of a pastoral uh, mm. beach scene. Gorgeous. I mean, I have so many things that I always feel like you know, I should support the local economy economy when I go to these places, yeah. <laughs> and I do that by bringing <laughs> back something, by spending. I think spending helps,
0: right? Yes, I feel you. I'm exactly yeah. the same way. <laughs> you know, in your freelance writing and travels, I'm sure you work with lots of PR professionals. How can we best help you do your job?
1: Well, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do my job without the PR professionals who help me and send story ideas and let me know of hotel openings, blah blah blah. Um, I think that. You know, I know that it must be tough to be a PR person because you send out a million and one press releases, and you're not necessarily going to get any immediate bites or very mm-hmm. few immediate bites. So I think if PR people think about the long the long game and remember that it's about building a relationship, because there are many P- PR people who I've never met and who have been sending me things for years. Right. And none of them hit, but then something lands. And when it lands, it lands big. You know, I I, I immediately am like, oh my gosh, you, this would be great for travel and leisure, blah, 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 Ooh, which brings me to another thing. So the most infuriating thing is when you get a press release and you're like, oh God, yes, this is great. I need it for tomorrow's podcast or a blog post I'm doing next week or whatever. You right. have an urgent need for it. And then you respond quickly and say, yes, can I get more details? And then it's crickets. So, are you I just, yeah, so I just feel like if you're going to send out uh, a question, make sure someone is on alert for the next couple of hours after yes. because there are times when we, it just comes in at the right time. It's so fortuitous and you need something like right now, particularly if it's for something like a podcast or digital.
0: Right, But I mean, as I said,
1: I could not. Do my job without PR people. Um, you know, as they get to know us writers better, they have a better idea of the kinds of stories we're looking for, the angles we're looking for. Mm. Have, and those people that I've developed relationships with over a long time, you know, Jen, you know, we've traveled together. So they know me as a person, not just as a name right. or a byline. And so then it becomes easier um, to kind of gauge what might interest me and what might work for my publications.
0: Yes. What kinds of stories and angles do you prefer?
1: well um i'm guided by my passions really so if there's anything about local art or artisans or personalities because i do believe one of the big you know beaches bring people to the caribbean but it's the people of the caribbean who make visitors keep coming back so i'm always i'm always looking for profiles of interesting caribbean people um particularly artisans um I'm always looking for new hotels. I'm a special correspondent with um, travel and leisure, and I'm always looking for places for the It list, which is their roundup of new and annual roundup of new and notable hotels. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, you know, just anything new, really, because every time as a writer, every time we pitch to an editor, we're having to answer three questions. Why this? Why now? And why am I the person to write it? Mm -hmm. so as a PR person if you can suggest something that is new or that is fresh and you can sell it to if you can basically if you can sell it to me I can usually sell it to my editor
0: what are you currently working on
1: oh my gosh a whole lot of travel (laughs) I just I just finished up a big feature uh, for travel and leisure about Grand Cayman I don't know if you know but the Cayman Islands were basically the last of the Caribbean countries to open um After the beginning of the pandemic. Right. right. So they just opened at the end of last year. So um, I'm just working, going back and forth with my editor about that. And then I'm planning a whole lot of travel between now and June. Um, I'm going to Toronto, I'm going to Barbados, Aruba, St. Thomas, the Turks and Caicos Islands, and Curacao. All for
0: different
1: stories. Yeah. So I like, you know, there's 30 something. 30 something Caribbean islands that basically are on the tourist map and that we travel to. So obviously I don't get to, even though I travel three times a month, I don't get to all of them every year. So there are places that I like to get back to every couple of years, you know, just to refresh my knowledge, because you can guarantee that, you know, I'll be doing a panel or something and someone will ask, someone will ask me a question about somewhere I haven't been and I got to get there, got to get there. So,
0: right. Have you been to all 30?
1: I have not been to all 30 of them. Um, I've been to Dominica once, but it was too short, so I don't count it. And it's definitely on my list. Okay. I would like to go to Mustique in the Grenadines. I've been to some of the other Grenadine islands like Bequay and Canawan, Mm. but never Mustique. Um, and there are many places, of course, that I want to go back to because they're always changing. I mean, even Jamaica, even though I live so much of my life there, I haven't been for a while and it's such a big country and so much has changed since I lived there that, um, you know, I could happily go back every port and find a whole lot of new stuff to report.
0: Uh, well, we can't wait to keep watching your travels and all of your advice and inspiration. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: I am thrilled to do it. I'm happy that you had me. And uh, yeah, just follow me at Jets at Sarah on Instagram and Jits at
0: Wonderful. And we'll have the links in our show notes.
1: Thank you, Angela.
0: That's all for this episode of Media and Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time.